Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. Is it? Is it really, though? A lot of scientists and experts, five out of 18 of them, agree that this is Rose Buddies. <laughs> um, hi, I'm sick. I'm sorry about that. I have a sinus thing. I, I don't know, man. I think I'm on like an every other week schedule now with my body. Do I need to do yoga? Do I need to find some way to release the toxins from my my system because all my nodes babe they're just flooded with you know you know what i guarantee you you're gonna get a lot of suggestions to do the neti pot oh don't even talk to me about the neti pot i invented the fucking neti pot we just came from the beach beach let's go get away and um i tried to our friend evan talked to our neighbors under their tent and he had three boogie boards and two of them were for children and this whole plan was fucked from the start but he convinced the man to let us borrow these three boogie boards, and I took one of the kid ones. And I was out there catching some fucking waves, and I, you know, I was out there doing my thing, hanging torso, and um, <laughs> I caught a big one, and I pushed the the nose of the board. You know, I tried to pull it up a little bit, catch a little bit more. Of that somehow I manipulated the situation, and I got thoroughly douched by in every hole by this big, powerful wave. And so I basically neti potted myself kind of with the ocean. I also lost my fucking prescription sunglasses. It's the worst, basically, like, day of my life. You know what's interesting is that I knew you were going out there to do that. Why did you... I guess my question is why you let me... You know what I realized is that I didn't... It was a child's boogie board for a little boy. Well, one, I didn't know that. Okay. But also, I didn't watch you at all. (laughs) Babe. I had... I did not have that instinct. I guess we had our son and like, yeah, he wasn't doing any fucking rad extreme sports, but like, whatever. I get it. He's good to look at. Anyway, uh, there was no episode of The Bachelorette this week. And we didn't want to not do an episode again because we just skipped one because they also didn't have an episode like two weeks ago or whatever. The NBA finals. Yeah, and this one was just like, they weren't feeling it, I guess. It's like July 3rd, and we're like, eh, we might lose some viewers, let's not do it. Yeah, sure. Um, And so, we wanted to still do an episode, and we like talked about what we could do an episode about, and it was like, do we just do Terrace House? Like, no, we we did Terrace House, and honestly, um, I I have really, really enjoyed Aloha State, but I don't want to really like go back and rewatch all of it in a week so we can like take notes on it and shit. Um, Is there some Bachelor or Bachelorette thing we want to do? Like... No, not really. Um, we, to be frank, talk about that show a lot, not during this episode. So a little break from that is actually kind of sweet. Um, and so what we talked about is just like... Um, you want me to take over? Yeah, why don't you take over? Cause your, I've, voice, I've, I've, your voice sounds so rough. It sounds really bad is the only thing. Uh, so Griffin and I, when we started this show, we wanted to talk about a show that we loved. Uh, which at the time was The Bachelor. Right. Uh, and then we lately have had a more problematic relationship with it. And we're realizing that a lot of our discussions are not focused on love as much as disgust. Which is not like, I feel weird complaining about that, right? Because it's like, we didn't, we didn't like make a decision to do that. It's just like, it's to the point now where, um, I don't, in, I don't, I don't love watching the show as much as I used to because I think the show has gotten more and more harmful and and bad right and so what we talked about was for this episode like what if we just talked about stuff that does make us happy and stuff that we love and 
like possibly if we can do it in a way that is not full blown like Gwyneth Paltrow goop like you've got to get fucking gooseberry bubble tea yeah. and it'll, it'll empty out your tear ducts and it's like okay goop um and I will say that that Griffin and I have identified some things to talk about but we have not shared them with each other this is very exciting for me I also yeah. don't know how many things you picked up this may be like a 10 minute long episode which frankly I would love to go get back on that big beautiful couch and watch more great British baking show with you um, so let's just see what happens and talk about some stuff that we're excited about that makes us very happy and I can I start off Yes, please. I've, mine is the starting point, the very first one, and this backdoor pilot of our good goop is <laughs> 12 hours who to fed. And this is one is an oh, obvious pick for obvious yeah. reasons. We were talking about this on the couch. There's a lot of medicine where when I take it, I, I, I can potentially forget I've taken medicine. Like, I, take, I got a sore back, so I'll pop a couple IBUs, I'll take a couple profens. And I don't know why, by the way, my painkiller brand loyalty is so... I noticed that. I've never seen you take like an Advil, for example. I just love these little ibuprofens. Maybe it's just the form factor. It's all the same, like right? It's all the same medicine. Please don't at me. Um, (laughs) And so you take a couple ibuboos. You you pop a couple ibuboos because you got a a sore back or a sore um, neck or your shoulders hurt. And maybe you feel better, better and maybe you don't. <laughs> but the fact remains is that I'm not thinking the whole time, like, I've got this good Ibu energy coursing mm-hmm. through my veins, making me powerful, making me strong, making me forget my weaknesses. Ibuprofen is weakness leaving the body, but I don't, I'm not constantly thinking about it. 12 hours Sudafed. And by the way, fuck off, fuck off with that four hour shit. Like, I can't believe four hour Sudafed still gets to be called Sudafed. I know. It's a totally different active ingredient. It's like, it's like, if you called like, um, you know, diet Dr. Pepper bullet bourbon, like it's two completely fucking different <laughs> things. It's four hour do- bullet bourbon. No, it's a different thing. Please don't drink and take uh, Sudafed. I would never fuck with that. I'm stone cold sober recording this Bachelor podcast right now. Except um, for the Sudafed. Except for this 12 hour Sudafed, which when this motherfucker rolls up on your system, Osmosis Jones style, it makes itself known that it is present for the whole half day. It's like, what's up with your... Maybe this is just my story, my struggle, because I get like sinus infections um, like 16 times a year. But like, I pop one of these boys and it's just like, what? I'm in your fucking face. I'm fighting all this stuff out yeah. and I'm making you feel really weird in your brain. Like, you're, hey, did you realize your mouth's been hanging open for 45 minutes? That's me, Sudafed. I'm up here 12 <laughs> hours for 12 whole hours. You know what it makes me feel like? Because I also love Sudafed. Um, I don't love it because it's like a, a, a psychedelic drug. It's, I really do suffer effective. from very frequent sinus yeah. problems. And it's the only pill I take in my life. I take like a fucking Beano when I'm gassy. And I'm like, oh, am I not gassy anymore? I guess whatever. I take a Sudafed and it's like fucking faith healing has been done to me. It makes me feel... Like a bag of popped popcorn. Oh. In that, like, my whole head is kind of blown out a little bit, like open concept head, and I can breathe, and suddenly it's like there's just nothing but air just circulating through my my entire head region. Last night, though, took it at 9 p.m., my dreams, babe, (laughs) were fucked up. 
I was thinking when I was laying down, like how I was going to start the finale for the adventure zone, the next episode. And somehow I got started thinking about a scene in which some characters were frying up some potatoes in a pan. And for some reason, like I could, I dreamed about people frying up potatoes in a pan in the adventure zone episode that was coming up for like six hours. Oh no. I was trying so furiously to make it fit and I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Um, anyway, 12 hour Sudafed. It is, it's an, you gotta put your name on a list if you want it. That's the other thing. I get why I'm, I'm mad at the player and the game at this point because, um, 12 hour Sudafed, you have to like go to the prescription counter and put your name on a list to get it. And that sucks because today's 4th of July and I needed more 12 hour Sudafed. You went to the pharmacy to pick some up for me. Couldn't do it. You brought home that four hour dog shit. I didn't want to come home empty handed, but I know that that's not the good stuff. If I take three of them, mathematically, is it going to get me there? No. Damn it. Wait, how many of the 12 hour? You're just taking one, right? Yeah, babe. Come on. I res- here's the other thing. I respect 12 hours suit of fed. I'm, I'll be, to be frank. I'm scared of 12 hours suit of fed. Yeah. It can, it's, it's so effective. Yeah. Um, and it's annoying. It's annoying that like I have to put my name on the list and like go talk to another human being in order to get it. But at the same time, people who'd use this to make drugs, I get it. I remember going to the doctor because I had a real bad allergy season one year and asking about, oh taking Sudafed, like how many days in a row I could take it. And I remember the doctor telling me that there are people that take it every day. Those people are just rolling through life. That's probably dangerous. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Can I tell you about something I like? Yeah, please. Uh, The mystery flavor of dum-dums. Okay, mm-hmm. here we are. Here we are. So this is the white dum-dum, right? When you unwrap it, like it's sort of like a semi-translucent white. As I recall, yes. Sort of a clear flake. Okay, let's get into this. Okay. Dum-dums I can fuck with, by the way. That is the perfect size for a hard candy that experience. What, that is like the main thrust of my argument. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I am not somebody that can even finish a blow pop. Like, I make myself... What is that face? I didn't make it. <laughs> it was the sickness. Well, in a blow pop and a, tar- a, t- a tootsie pop, a yeah, charm, a charm blow pop and a tootsie pop, is you get, you get so excited the whole time you're working to get to the center, yeah, and then you get, to, get the, to the center, and then especially with a fucking charms blow pop, it's like, oh, I'm here. Oh, this is it. oh god, some nasty gum with shards in it. A cool. dum dum is like the size of a dime, I would say, but spherical. Well, you got to be careful in this um, backdoor pilot because I'm pretty sure people know what a dum dum is, right? I I want to assume they don't. You buy them in a bag, and the bag has five fucking hundred of them because dum dums are so little and so good. Or you go to a bank, okay, and maybe you get the, one there. They are the national candy of banks. Okay, do you want to know a little bit about dum dums? I would love. To, would you have dum dum facts? I didn't. Ha- I don't have facts for any of mine. I just I wanted to add some richness. Okay, R- enrich me. Okay, 1924 is when they started in mm. Ohio. In the Great Depression, they were like, we got to cut these lollipop sizes in half. Jupa chips, it's, it's a fucking luxury. And let me tell you about the mystery flavor in particular. Wait, are you seriously about to, is this like we're on season one of Lost and you're about to like ruin the end of it? Like, are you literally about <laughs> to tell me? I think it's really exciting. Can I guess what the flavor is before? Is that sure. not fun? No, go ahead. I've always thought it was sort of like a pina colada flavor. Like kind of, I, I thought. I always tasted kind of either a pina colada or like a cream soda. A cream soda might be mm-hmm. it, yeah. Okay. So dum-dums are made 
in 16 flavors with new flavors rotating into the mix every so often. The mystery flavor is a result of the end of one batch mixing with the next oh batch. Oh my God. So rather than stopping production to clean machines, the first batch into the next batch is the mystery flavor. It's like a transitional dum-dum. Mm-hmm. Which makes me recognize why maybe it always tastes like pina colada is maybe that's the strongest flavor they got. A pina colada is the is the world's strongest. Yeah. It's the world's most assertive flavor. That's so interesting. So wait, so does every mystery flavor dum-dum, is all of them different? That's what I'm wondering. Is now. all is all different? <laughs> that is maybe what I'm wondering now. Mystery flavor has only been around since 2001. That's when we all got fucking lazy. Back in the 20s. You know, they would have like a fleet of kids like jumping into the, <laughs> the lollipop tumblers. That's what the actual lollipop guild is. Do you know that from Wizard of Oz as a factual fact from the Dum Dum Factory? They would just throw like six to 12 kids into the into the vat and they would just, you know, have to scrape off all the crumbles and whatever they could fit in their, um, you know, their overall pockets. They could bring that home to the family and that's dinner for a night because the depression wasn't anything to fuck with. But in two thousands, we're Wait, just. You're talking about kid flavor lollipops right now. No, I'm saying the kids would bring all the shards from you know the 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 days lollipop making back home to the family. Oh, okay. I'm not yeah. talking about kid flavored lollipops, Rachel McElroy. Okay. You thought the kids were being dissolved <laughs> in the no? I thought you were saying Dum Dums is people. Well, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. It was the twenties in a factory. <laughs> people were ending up likely. in the lollipop, like a hundred percent, like. A hundred percent chance there's some like dude dum dums out there, but 2000, we don't do that. We don't fuck with that anymore, but we also got really lazy. And so it's just like, ugh, what's the point? Just let them mix together. Somebody ate this like, this isn't bad. Can we make this something else and have people talk about it? Build brand buzz. That's me. It was me. I was the one who invented <laughs> Um, that was interesting, baby. Thank you yeah, for the facts. I'm a big, I'm a big Dum Dums fan. I, again, I'm not a, a real into sugar hard candies in general. Oh. I know Griffin loves a good Jolly Rancher. I am not a huge fan. <sighs> Jolly Rancher, Dum Dum, I think beats Jolly Rancher because a Dum Dum, you got options. A Jolly Rancher, you put that in your mouth. That's it. Until it's done, you either spit it out Such or you finish it. A Dum Dum is like done. Pop. It's still on a stick. Yeah. It's got its own little serving tool there. Mm-hmm. Let's get some fucking dum dums tonight. I don't. I don't want to. Can I do one? <laughs> yes. This one is. I have written simply the way guy on terrace house waters his succulents one leaf at a time. Oh god, that scene. Um. The, oh god, that guy. There's a character on Terrace House season. I, I guess he comes Aloha in about State. half halfway through yeah. Aloha State. And I, again, I don't want to get too deep into it, right? Because I don't want to give any guy-based spoilers. He's my favorite person who's ever been on the show. He's my favorite person who's ever been on my favorite reality television show. He is all-time top contender. He is very. He's a surfer boy. Um, he he is you know looking for love in all the right places and you know what he's super rewarding because when you first meet him he's just kind of the typical surfer stereotype Mm. but there's so much depth there he has a childlike sort of uh uh, awe about all things Mm -hmm. um he has a lot of really incredible arcs um here's a a slight spoiler for a couple episodes after he joins the show so if you want to stay pure just jump ahead uh, he gets injured while surfing like really big waves on the North Shore. And then he has this whole arc about having to like come back because he has like a Volcom sponsorship and having to like come back and get, get brave in the water again. Yeah. And it's really, really fucking exciting to watch. It's like the best 
it, it, it for me that's up there with uh the the beef incident like it is it's it's really really good character work on like this really great dude so you're um, saying you like him more than hansan yeah, I like Guy more than Hansan. Wow. I like Hansan a lot. Um, and Hansan, I think, is sort of a figurehead in my mind. Um, and is, don't get me wrong, one of the all-time greats. But the, the, everything Guy has gone through in, in this half a season is like fucking stellar stuff. And the, the ultimate, just all the castmates, and it's a really, really great um, slate of cast members right now. All of them just sitting around the kitchen table, just cackling, dying, laughing as Guy is watering his succulents. And everybody's like, what are you doing? As he slowly drips one drop of water at a time on each and every leaf of the succulents. I've never, um, I've never, this is going to sound bad. I've never loved anybody in a moment as much as Guy (laughs) in that moment. It was so pure and wonderful. I guess our wedding. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the list goes our wedding and then guy watering the succulents one leaf at a time mm-hmm. all-time best shit god i love terrace house agreed agreed that was a really good moment and and guy guy is such a special man he's such a special man rachel's looking longingly at the ceiling fan <laughs> i think he's i don't know if i believe in angels but i believe in guy he has kind of a Clarence. It's a wonderful it's life quality. It's sort of like a Clarence. It's a wonderful life yeah. quality. And uh, his direct foil in the house is Taishi, who's been there forever, and I genuinely believe is on sort of an Armon trajectory where he will never leave. Um, only I enjoyed Armon, and I, I'm starting to enjoy Taishi less and less. It, but Taishi is very, mm, kind of, it seems a little disingenuous, his actions, while Guy is just shooting from the hip. And he doesn't always say the right thing, but you know where that thing came from, and it's his hip. Where he shot mm-hmm. from. Yeah. Thank you, Guy. Thank you. Okay, I have another one for you, Griffin. Are you ready? Yeah, please. This one took a lot of research. Oh my God, babe. I feel guilty about I didn't know that we were sawbonesing it. I didn't know we were <laughs> I don't know I didn't know we were spannersing this one. Well, I don't always trust my memory on okay. things, so that's kind of why I did that. Okay, this probably won't come as a huge surprise to you. But the nineteen ninety ninety one St. Louis Blues. Oh, the nineteen ninety to ninety one St. Louis Blues. Correct. I mean, I know you're a Blues fan, and you know I'm getting there. Um, but I didn't know you had like one year where you were like mm-hmm. in it. So you were nine, eight, eight nine, eight nine years old. Mm-hmm. And I can give you some information. Please do. That's what was it about this year? Did they win the big one, the no, pennant? No, the Blues have not won the Stanley Cup in my lifetime. Oh wow! Whatever, as far as I know. I know another one of Rachel's favorite things is me taking this fucking jacket off because I'm so sweaty. So, I, yeah, I was eight, nine years old, and this is back when Brett Hall was playing for the Blues. Okay, I've heard. I think You've I've seen this What do you man. know about Brett Hall? I've seen him at some of the games, and he doesn't, ha- he doesn't look like he's played hockey in the last, like, 30 years. <laughs> Did you know anything about him while he was playing? I don't know fuck all about hockey. I know that there's... Um, what do you know about, like, Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky was really good. He played for the Kings, I think, for a bit. And, for a bit, yeah. Uh, he uh, also played for the Blues briefly. Oh, did he? I didn't know uh-huh. that. Okay, he, he played for the Edmonton Oilers. Too. Okay, so he was kind of all over, mm-hmm. and he was like the best one of the hockey players. Yes, I'm. Mean, I'm trying to. I, I. I don't get. Some any... even called him the great one. Okay, I get no satisfaction from the like little sports ball. I get a little bit of satisfaction, but I genuinely want to know more about hockey. Mm-hmm. So please tell me about this year that this hockey okay. team did very good and why it brings you so much joy today fucking 25 years later or whatever okay uh so just for some comparison when you think about brett hall so i looked this year's highest goal scorer had 44 goals that seems like a lot how many games do they play in a season um from what i can tell there's about 80 like somewhere 
between like 75 and 85 games usually? Uh, 82. Yeah. Good call. Okay. So that's, you know, that's, can I say something? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, in every other game, that's not very good. In the 1991 season, Brett Hall scored 86 goals. Fuck! That's more than one per game, Brett. Uh-huh. What was going on? Is this there like were a- 80 games in that season. He scored 86 goals. Is this like an ancient civilization? Civilizations were smaller than us thing. Like just like everybody was so <laughs> little, and Brett Hall was like I a huge man, and he just the emphasis used to be on having these big power players. Yeah, and so the rest of your team just all supported that one guy. Basically, that's for what I can tell because it just doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so this guy would you would watch a game and you'd be like, I can't wait for when Brett Hall scores. Mm-hmm. Pluckers would like do a fucking get a basket of chicken wings if Brett Hall scores one, exactly. and they would go out of business because then he'll score six. <laughs> uh, so he also that season scored fifty goals in fifty games. Wow, which used to be a big thing. Um, he is only one of like half a dozen players that have ever done that, and he's done it multiple times. Um. This 86 goals is the third highest in NHL history behind Wayne Gretzky, who did it twice. He got 92 in one season, 87 in another. Wayne. I know. Um, This goal scoring season was the highest in Brett Hull's career. What happened? Like, seriously, did goalies just get like fucking good? Is it, it, it how is how has hockey changed in the last like twenty five years? Where like is what I'm telling you. I think the emphasis is more on like a team dynamic, okay, than, like a big power player. Like, it spread the goals around. So for what you have to keep in mind, Brett Hall scores eighty six goals, mm-hmm. and then like the next highest person's like twelve goals, and I'm like come on, Brett, you know they pay us a hundred dollars <laughs> for each goal we make. Uh so trying to get a commission, trying to feed my family, Brett. It's going to be a slow Christmas this year because Brett <laughs> Hall took all the fucking goals. Puck hog. Is uh, that a thing? Puck hog? No, no. His dad was a famous hockey player named Bobby Hall. Okay. Uh, and he was called the golden jet. And then because when he ate spicy food, he turned into a big golden jet. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Fast. I don't actually know. But Brett Hall was called the golden Brett. That's, That's very funny. good. Uh, so one more thing okay. about that team. Uh, so part of the reason Brett Hall scored so many goals is Adam Oates was the center. Uh, and he assisted Hall on 72 of the 86 goals. Best friends forever. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. These two, You see these two fuckers coming at you like, you may as well just clear the net because they're going to work together to get the thing in. So I want to show you a picture. Oh, please. So it was Brett Hall and Oates. Oh, my God. And so they did a big thing, like Hall and Oates. Now, this is a signed poster. Is this from your dad? Showing Griffin a picture. No, my dad actually had, they made binders, like trapper keepers, to put hockey player cards in. Hall and And Oates. And my dad has one of those. But that I found on eBay. But it's a a picture of them holding their, um, their guitars that I'm sure they play. I, I, in their ice skates and leather jackets and jerseys. I can't tell you how jealous I am of you for having fucking sports sports idols growing up. I had none. I had a fucking coat that I got at the consignment shop that had like Emmett Smith's name on it. And I was like, <laughs> I guess Emmett, who do you like? I guess Emmett. I don't, I really don't, I really don't have anything. You know, I think. 
that Chris was- Sabo was the only it's the only other sports poll and he I just, don't know who that is. He was on the Reds um and he wore glasses and so he had to wear big goggles over his glasses. His name was Chris Sabo and we had a toy where he was sliding into the plate and it looked like he was flying while holding a magic pizza box. <laughs> That's what, that's what, it, these are the, my sports facts. Did you facts. like him because he had glasses like you did? He was, a, I didn't have glasses until I was in like oh, high yeah, school. Right. And this was long after Chris Sabo had retired, I think. Um, he was a third baseman at the hottest, sexiest baseball p- position. Chris Sabo and his magic pizza <laughs> had not a big part of my upbringing, sports. So that was the thing. Like, Brett Hall was one of the best players in the league. So living in St. Louis at the time, it became a really big hockey town yeah um so that season wayne gretzky obviously had the most points because he was an incredible player but right behind him leading the entire nhl was brett hall and adam oates i love that so we had like the two of the greatest players on one team two of the best friends of all time Mm -hmm. uh there was also just one last fact uh jeff brown who was a defenseman and, and you know defensemen they usually hang back by the net they are not usually big on the offense. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Brown had 47 assists that season. Okay. So like second, but uh, yeah. Oates is my number one best friend. But defenseman's like, that's not really their goal. Their goal is to stop people from scoring, but he was just well, a super great player. You know, you get that shit in Hull's hands and it's, they'll call a penalty because you're not supposed to hold it with your hands. They'll make <laughs> you stop playing. They'll send them to the punishment <laughs> box. Um, so the last fact I'll say is that I think it was a Sears in which I waited in line to get a picture of Jeff Brown signed because he was super dreamy. Oh, I didn't know that the sexuality Jeff was a Brown factor. Definitely was an attractive hockey man. Wow. Interesting. Uh, the blues didn't win the Stanley cup that season. Um, How did they not with a fucking like, I know power couple. So they played Minnesota who ended up going to the Stanley cup. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, but Minnesota lost to the Pittsburgh penguins with, Mario Lemieux, one of the other great players hey, of ba- that time. Hey, babe. Yeah. Well, is it right to say, can I steal you away? Because this isn't really a traditional episode. I think so. Okay. Hey, babe, can I steal you away? It's a, re- it's a remix. It was a re. Well, typically in remixes, they don't just like cut out the middle of it. Is <laughs> the hey everybody? What Coldplay was the remix to Yellow? We just took out the bridge. <laughs> we said fuck that bridge. Moves too slow. I'm Chris Martin, and it was all yellow. Uh, I have a couple jumbotron messages here, and the first one is for Madame Commissioner Sarah Shepard from Rose Buddies NYC, who says, "Who say it's multiple people? Mm-hmm. Definitely." It's probably not just one person who's like, I'm New York Rose Buddies. No, we got a big network. No, I know. We got a big network. What's up, y'all? I hope you're all hanging out together. At the Hinterlands. At the Hinterlands, probably. Tell Stuart Charlene I said, what's up? Uh, Drinks are on me. They're not on me. I have no way. I have no way of doing that. Excuse me. Just kidding. That was a motorcycle that drove by. But the joke was that maybe it was a fart. What's wrong? There's no way the microphone really picks up the motorcycle. I'll turn up the gain. Oh, okay. <laughs> to the best Bachelor Fantasy League commissioner in New York, nay, the world, thanks so much for all you do, from organizing our two leagues worth of teams and keeping us updated on the standings, to securing Hinterlands as our official viewing space week after week, and always making sure there are enough chairs. We cannot thank you enough. That last one, I feel like, was maybe included as an afterthought. Cannot stress enough how important having enough chairs are. If it, I didn't add that on my list this week, 
but on my list yes. of, of, of good goop stuff, having always having enough chairs. If we go to a bar mm. and it is standing room only, Mm-mm. I walk out of that place so It's fast. walking room only to the exit. Bye. I came to sit. We went to Thank a restaurant. You. We just got back from South Padre Island. We went to a restaurant. All the restaurants down there are kind of a shit show just because like, it's not, there's not many of them. And so and there's like two good ones. And there's on only like two good ones also. Yeah. And we went to one of those two good ones and we went to this bar space and there was a table with four chairs and there were six of us. And it was just like, now we're going to have to fucking form a committee. We're going to have to evaluate each other's like posture and standing health. Wrestle. And then we luckily got another table, with two more chairs. And finally everybody had enough chairs. I never felt so relieved in my life. <laughs> A uh, very good story that I feel great about telling. <laughs> uh, I have another message here, and this one's for Cody. Can I read it? Yes. It's I just the computer's it. so heavy, and I'm so weak from the disease. Okay. Oh, don't catch my disease from touching my laptop. This message is for Cody. It is from Allie. Happy birthday, Cody. Thank you for constantly serving looks, reminding me to check my ego at the door, oh. and podcasting with me every week about the trashy world of Twilight. Here's to your next year of zagging on them. <sighs> so important that you check your ego at the door, especially when you're walking into a podcast studio. I have to do, I have to remind myself to do that. I got a little sign hanging over the door and says, hey, Griffin, check that. You don't. You never have an ego, Griffin. That's one of the nice things about you. That's true. Twilight Podcast, <laughs> I bet, is good. Do you think there's much going on in that realm these days? I figure it's probably done, right? I mean... This is not. This is not to judge a, a, a podcast about. It. It's just like you know the Potterverse. Fucking J.K. Rowling's always up in the set, like you know, saying she's finished, but then bringing out. But then she one. brings back one more. Mm-hmm. Here's some sort of mixed media experiment. I don't know. They, are they doing that with Twilight? Well, I know Twilight was really formative for a lot of people. That is true. I think I kind of missed that boat, but I know a lot of people who feel very strongly about Edward versus Jeremy. You- Jeremy, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy, the wereboy. Edward versus Jameson. I'm Jameson, the wereboy, and I'm going to kiss you on your vampire I, I wounds. Really can't. Yes, okay. I'll look it up for you. Edward is one of them. Edward's one of them. And if you're not Team Edward, you're Team. It says here Gumble. <laughs> Gumble, the wereboy. So I was wrong before. It's Gumble. <laughs> no, Griffin. What is it? Kevin. Well, hoopity dop dop, scoopity dee dop, dee 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 we don't even know anymore. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you download your podcasts. Hey, I have one on my list here. Speaking of uh, South Padre Island, the beach, the beach place, the Texas beach place, like the only one. Okay. I have written down here Bud Light Lime. And then I have next to that, I have written the Ocean Potion. Oh, that's nice. And then next to that, I have fuck lime Marita. All of these are all really Good important call. to uh, understand. Bud Light Lime is a... <sighs> See, I feel like you should have research on this prepared. What's to, I, I did. Uh, can I tell you something? I googled Bud Light Lime to find out <laughs> what I could learn. 
and it's like 110 calories in a 12 ounce can, which is not bad. I want to know when it came on the scene. I'm in 2000s. Okay. Bud Light Lime is uh, Bud Light, but it has lime flavors mixed into it. And notice how I said lime flavors there and not lime juice. It is created not in a sort of monastic tradition, but rather the same way that I'm pretty sure Lucky Charms marshmallows are sort of synthesized. Um, It is... It's lime adjacent. We bought a lot of them for the house that we stayed at in South Padre Island with our friends. And we would fill a cooler up and go to the beach. And I would drink this delicious sea potion right there by the waves. And just, you know, I could pound six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them on a good beach day. Sitting out there, sanding my toes, surfing my ears, crabs crawling all over my feet, little kids playing around ocean making little castles. Ocean up my nose doing a line of Mother Gaia's uh, <laughs> water. And then we would go home, and we would have some in the fridge, and we'd be making dinner, and we'd be like, do you want a Bud Light Lime? And my answer would be, of course, fuck no. That was yeah, a confusing sentence. in or around a body of water. If I'm in a swimming pool, and I'm hanging out with my friends, and it's 98 degrees outside, and we're listening to 98 degrees yes, on the radio, yes, true to your heart, come on, be true to your Sinus infection. Still fucking got it. <laughs> and my friends I'd throw two Bud Light Limes, one for me and one for my friend. I'll jump up in the air and I'll grab both of them. And I'll drink them, but real in fast like mouth, Steve like Austin. like a dog catching a Frisbee. And I'll pierce it with my teeth and I'll eat the can. Because that's a fucking... What you're dealing with right there is a summer potion and I want to be a part of it. But then... 60 seconds later, if I have to get up and go to the bathroom outside of the pool because I'm not a wild dog, and then somebody, I go inside and my friends are having some chips and dip, and they say, do you want to drink with the chips and dips? We have Bud Light Lime. I would say, go to hell. Yeah. Agreed. Because you know why? Look well, at these legs. Because on- it's not a good beer. <laughs> it- <sighs> it's not a beer you want with dinner. It's not. It's certainly not a dinner beer. Which I think says something unless, about quality. Unless. Unless. You're doing a fucking roast out on the beach and you got some (laughs) rich citrus flavors to be water adjacent it's there's something to that i have several theories one i think it's (laughs) i think it's partially made of ocean water Mm -hmm. i think there's a there's definitely i'm not saying standard bud light is so great in fact i'll say this on the air i never want to drink bud light if i gave you a can of bud light and an entire lime. Do you think you could recreate the magic? That is the that is the most foolish thing I've ever heard anyone <laughs> say in my life. Why would I want to? Is my response to that. There's no there's no reason why I would want to do that. Because here's the thing, and I know I'm going to get lots of tweets from people just like it might save you a few cents to do it that way. There are lots of loggers, um, particularly Mexican loggers, that I'll put a slice of lime inside and enjoy oh, those on the yeah, beach. Tecate. Tecate. Yes, it's it did. I feel like that is the sort of texas one right so if i'm gonna cook something (laughs) you're gonna cook yeah okay i see i see i'm bud light's never gonna enter the equation but bud light lime is not bud light with lime juice in it it's bud light with you're right weird like a lime popsicle with with weird brackish lime water i bet if you took a bud light and a lime popsicle you get close I think you'd definitely get closer than you would with a traditional yeah. lime from a tree or whatever. Yeah. 
I love these in the water. Mm-hmm. To me, it, to, and I get a lot of judgment from my friends. Like we go to the, we went to the trip and the first day there we were like, let's go grocery shopping. What beers do you want? My answer is always going to be Bud Light Lime to that. Cause I know like it's going to be fun to have these little nasty creeps in the water with me. Now, here's the other thing that you haven't mentioned, although mm. it makes sense when we talk about water adjacent. I would say that you only have these from like May to September. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be fucking sitting in front of the Christmas fireplace with my family drinking a Bud Light Lime because, first of all, not in water, mm-hmm. obviously. And second of all, it's just like, that's, that's, no, that's not the time. It's not the time. It's not the place. And it's not the beer. Mm-hmm. I have another theory. And this Bud one. Bud Light, by the way, is, and Anheuser-Busch are not a sponsor on this program. No. Griffin just genuinely loves No, there's certainly not going to be after this next sentence because I do think there's something <laughs> about Bud Light Lime that makes it easier to turn into piss in my body. <laughs> and I've had kidney stones before. And so I do, I, that shit's always on the periphery of my decision making. And so I'm thinking like, how easy is it going to be to convert this? You know? Mm-hmm. And the answer for Bud Light Lime is I think it's pretty good. And I'm not saying it's made of piss because that's a really cruel thing to say about a beverage that I'm yeah. sure people work very hard that's, on. That's not what we're doing here today. No, this is, a, this is a positive place. I'm here to say this nasty beer tastes so good when I'm swimming. <laughs> the ocean potion. A butt. And I do, I do want to tag this on the end here. Lime Arita, you flew too close to the sun. Yeah. No. Apple, why Apple Rita, Peach Rita. Why did you? No. So gross. I've never once in my life drank no, thank you. Bud Light Lime and thought like, what if this but sweeter? No, yeah, it's no. already good. It's already good. Agreed. It's already a, sh- a light sherbet. I definitely don't need more in there. Can I give you something I love? I want that. Yes, I want it. The 1990 film, Dick Tracy. A lot of early 90s stuff in this episode. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a very positive childhood in a lot of ways. Okay. What was so good about Dick Tracy, the 90 movie? Okay, Dick Tracy. For some reason, people don't really like that movie, or or critically, it did not do well. I don't remember liking it very much, but I was three, so. (laughs) Uh, Directed and produced by Warren Beatty, who also was Dick Tracy. So maybe that's part of it. Come on. Maybe he leaned a little too hard. All right. Uh, you know who else is in that movie? Madonna, I believe. Yes, Madonna. And I love the soundtrack to that movie, by the way. Okay. Real good. What I'm was it? I'm a huge Madonna fan. Oh, it was all Madonna music? Well, there, there were like three soundtracks released because there was the Madonna part. Okay. And then there were like the other part of the soundtrack that had like Katie Lang and Erasure. Can I be real with you? Yeah. I've never seen this movie. Never seen the film. Dick Tracy. Oh, well, you said you didn't like it. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I may have been thinking of like um, Cool World. <laughs> I was definitely thinking totally of Cool different. World. Yeah. Uh, who else is in it? Al Pacino. Um, he plays No Face. No, he plays Big Boy. Some cool names in this movie. Uh, we also have Dick Van Dyke is the district attorney. We have Kathy Bates as a sonographer. We have Dustin Hoffman. What's up with this cast, though? Fuck. I know, right? Mandy Patinkin is in it. What? As the piano player. Why have I not seen this film? It's incredible. James Caan is in it. Catherine O'Hara. Oh, my God. It's a really good cast. Uh, and I just really liked it as a kid. I Break can't... it down for me. Do you remember what happens in it? Can you give me, like, anything? So there's there's a kid who's, like, this um, orphan. And the kid is played by the same guy that's in Can't Hardly Wait, the 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 kind of the geek that becomes the star of the party. Okay. He's also in Hook. You know I'm talking about that actor? Yeah. The kid who plays the baseball son in Hook? Yes. The b- 
baseball son and hook. Baseball son, baseball son, baseball son. Maybe just look up son and hook. It doesn't have to be the baseball, baseball son. son. <laughs> Charlie oh, Corsmo. Charlie Corsmo, yes. Okay. So he adopts the boy and the boy becomes a crime fighter, I'm guessing? Something like that. And there's a bunch of mobsters. And the mobsters have fun names, right? Like No Knuckles and Fat Hog and mm. Tough Feet and mm. Stink Tongue. <laughs> and Shit Nose. Sewing Callus. Sewing Callus. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> this doesn't really follow the same convention as the ones that I was producing, but I like Sewing Callus. Tennis Elbow. <laughs> what is it you like that you like about um, Dick Tracy's? Is it his dick in the title? And that's very, obviously very funny. I mean, that would probably be reason number 11, I guess. Oh, that I low down be, on the list. I yeah. find that very hard to believe. What, what's, what made you think of it? What made you think, like, I want to talk about this on this podcast? Artistically, it's really cool. Like, there's a bunch of, like, like every, like, kind of color and costume is chosen very deliberately to seem kind of comic booky. Okay. You know, I'm not a huge comic book fan, but I just visually, I remember really liking it. Uh, the music, as I mentioned, is good. Um, and... I don't know. There's really good performances in it. Al Pacino is incredible. I guess I'm just confused as to like, I'm talking about Bud Light Lime because I drank approximately a hundred of them during this past weekend. But when you sat down to like really think of what to do, you know, I didn't ask you the same line of questions when you talked about mystery flavored dum-dums. So maybe I should lay off. Well, so I guess, I guess because like movies that I liked growing up are like Labyrinth, Princess Bride. Those are pretty like common favorites for Mm. people my age. You hear a lot of people say like, oh, I watched Princess Bride hundreds of times. Like, yeah, me too. Dick Tracy, a bit of a deeper cut. Yeah, but no, you know what you didn't watch? What's Dick that? Tracy. Um, can I do one more? Yes, please. Um, I have a lot of ones on here. Crab legs. But I feel like my reasons for liking crab legs are much like my reasons for liking Bud Light Lime. Except the crab legs are amazing. But it's really a beach time So food. you really based yours on this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, and it's what's hot right now. <laughs> okay. Um, when a big dog and a small dog stand nearby one another. That was big for me this weekend on a beach. We saw that big Great Dane and we saw a little Chihuahua with it. And it's like, like y'all are the same animal? Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful for me. I said a hat on a baby because we put a hat on our baby and it's just like, good. Are you kidding me with this stuff? Oh, um, that's good. And but a baby will wear a hat. A lot of babies will not tolerate a hat, but Henry gets it. No, he he understands what we're doing. Uh, I want to talk about Games Done Quick, which we've been we literally just watched. Oh, yeah. Henry woke up um, uh, in the middle of this recording, and so we went and let him fall back to sleep, and we watched some. You may ha- notice when it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's a, a a speed running community that gets together twice a year in January. They do awesome games done quick. And then in July they do summer games done quick. So they do every six months Uh, and they all get together for about five or six days. And for 24 hours a day, they stream these speed run attempts for all these different games, raising money from uh, viewers for charity. Um, Right now they're raising money for doctors without borders. They used to do for, I think like the uh, American cancer foundation. That is not the name of the group society. The prevent prevent cancer foundation uh, is what it was. Uh, And they usually bring in like a couple million dollars. So like it's to me, that part is really cool. Um, and I've liked it for a couple of years now. I think game speed running is like really fascinating because there's, um, there's so many different ways of doing it based on like what the faults are in each individual game. Um, like to me that there are entire communities of people dedicated to figuring out where the 
exploitable rough edges in the Super Nintendo version of the mask video game adaptation of the movie that there's like 30 people all just like cracking away i referenced that but they actually uh did that game like a couple years ago and showed off like they have fucked this game completely up like you can start the levels and like walk backwards and instantly finish them and they skyped in like an old like programmer on that game who the whole time was just like oh no what have you done to my baby i find it really interesting that there are people who are like not only like preserving the past in this way, but like having to like dig into what it was like when they were making these things and then figure out how to work that into a strategy that shaves like a second or two off of the top speed run time. See, if I were to sit down and watch this, a lot of it would be nostalgia. Like I mentioned to you, like when I was a kid, I was really big on Sonic games. It'd be fun for me to watch somebody play them. I mean, that's every year they do like a whole Sonic block where they have just like, because that, that game is all about going very fast, and so it makes sense that there's a huge community of people for every Sonic game where they're just like, year after year, you watch these streams, and there's new stuff. There's new strategies they figured out. There's new weaknesses to exploit and new like bugs to go after. But you're saying what you like about it isn't necessarily nostalgia. It is partially nostalgia. Like, I yeah. enjoy... Um, like the runs I enjoy best are the ones where they take games that like I spent hundreds of hours playing when I was a little kid and now they're like, yeah, we can beat it in 45 seconds. Fuck you. Like, I think that there's something really, really entertaining about that. Yeah. Um, so awesome games done quick happened in January and that was when Henry, our, our baby, um, just wasn't sleeping. He was sleeping in about 45 minute increments. And then there was about an hour and a half to two hours every night where he would just be up and I would start taking him into the living room so that you could get a little bit of sleep because you're breastfeeding. And, um, so like you would have to get up with him. Um, and I would watch for a week. I watched uh, AGDQ. I watched awesome games done quick. And because it streams for 24 hours, like it, it, I feel like I really enjoyed it before that, but it's always going to have like a really special place in my, in my heart because of like, here's instant entertainment around the clock for a whole week. Like no matter what, it is cool to know I can turn on the TV and see some people who have worked really, really, really hard to master this thing that they are one of 20 people on earth even like attempt to do. Like to me, I think that's really interesting. Um, and I have so much like respect for how much work goes into it. Cause me and uh, Nick did a video where I tried to speed run gone home, which is not a game that you should like speed run, but like even that goofy joke video, like I had to work for a really long time to figure out, um, how to, how to do it. Me and Clint Wilson used to play Ocarina of Time and see how fast we could beat it. And, and like, we never went online to like look up the, the, you know, the hot strategies or whatever, but like we did it dozens of times until we got it down to like about a tight five hours or so. Um, yeah, I just really, I think it's really a really fascinating world and the amount of work that goes into it is kind of staggering and just the amount of, um, just I find it I find it refreshing thinking about the number of people who are putting so much time and energy into such 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 specific things and that those people have like this week where they are f- like fucking stars yeah. and like people know, I've I've watched enough of these now where like I recognize runners and I'm like oh wow they picked up half life huh it's ooh like it's the gonna olympics. be it kind of is what yeah you're describing like cuz that's one thing I like about the olympics is that while the olympics is happening it's almost always on tv yeah you know you're seeing people that have spent their whole 4 years or whole life training for this moment uh and you're getting to see like a very specialized skill that almost nobody in the world has yeah i, I yeah i think that's i i don't know i just i like thinking about like 
dedication in that way. And like, I, it's like all that you see on display for a whole week is, is all of these, these people like showing what they've learned in the last year. Yeah. Like, I think it's, I, you're, I you're not know. like a, you're not like a huge like video game person, but do you no. find the, the streams like entertaining enough? No, when you have it on. I mean, I would love to watch it for a game that I was familiar with because that has not happened yet. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to watch. Um, how do people, if people are interested, how do they do it? Yeah. So it's running, uh, the rest of this week. Um, you can go to, uh, I don't actually know. If you just look up Summer Games Done Quick, you'll get the website. I'm sure if you go to sgdq.com, you can probably find it. But I think it runs till Friday. Um, we have I, an app right on our... Yeah, it's on Twitch, uh, which is how we're watching it. Um, but yeah, I fucking love it. I watch it every... every. I watch it twice a year for like two weeks a year. Like I just watch people do speed runs of video games and like I fucking look forward to it. And while we're at the beach, when I'd be like inside cooling off... Uh, you know, just trying to sweat off some of those Bud Light limes. I would like come in and and, and watch speed runs. And um, oh, I feel bad because all of your all of your things that you love happened this weekend, and mine happened like <laughs> like in the early nineties. Well, I like that. Ago. It's like a it's like a mix. It's like a time <laughs> mix. Mm-hmm. We gotta stop doing this podcast. I'm about to fall the fuck over dead. Poor Griffin. Um, also, I'm pretty sure my coughing woke up the baby earlier, and I feel really guilty about that. That may not be true. He is also sick, ladies and gentlemen. That is true. God, it's a nightmare over here. I am here. the only standing. Well, survivor. for how long? Yeah, who knows? Uh, thanks for listening to Rose Buddies. That was our recap of The Bachelor this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to get into, what, final six? Yeah. And then more shit will happen on the show. And then we'll talk about that. And so... Um, Anything else that we like need to talk about? You know what I will say? Um, if you enjoyed this episode and you have friends that don't listen because they don't watch The Bachelor Bachelorette, maybe you recommend this one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Give say, them this one episode. Hey, what do you think of this cool couple As talking a... about 1990s St. Louis Blues? And the video game speedrunning community and mystery <laughs> dum-dums. Um, yeah, this might be a weird way to back people into the Rose Buddies experience. Uh, thank you for listening. Sorry again for how I sound. Thanks to Maximum Fun for having us. Uh, you can go to MaximumFun.org. I'm not crying. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great podcasts there. You can see all our shows at McElroyShows.com. And uh, happy happy Fourth of July! Welcome to our, uh, Earth! And <laughs> thank you for listening. See you later. Um, until next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Final rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert! She ends up with Soldier Boy. Gage McFadden. Marina Sirtis. Larissa and Bator. LeVar Burton. Patrick Stewart. Look like movie stars. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else is like, you should just be on TV. <laughs> sort of like uh, when podcasters do this live. Yeah. Ben, the greatest generation is going back out on tour. We're taking a, a new show out on tour about Star Trek First Contact. And whether or not you're a Star Trek fan, I think you're going to love this live show. You come to our live show, you get Star Trek jokes. You get fart jokes. The whole gamut. So come on out. It's bit.ly slash ggtour2017. That's bit.ly slash ggtour2017.